Welcome to 4th and 2 Strikes. I am your host, Cole Lanny, and today we're going to be giving every single MLB team an off-season grade. I want to preface this with saying that I've already gone over a lot of the moves made this off-season, but I feel that I need to go over, as a team as a whole, how each team did and how I would grade their off-season. A little bit of criteria here before I get started is a season average grade. A C is passing. So anything above a C, I think you improved. Like a C plus, that's improvement on your team. C probably a little stagnant. And if you did lower than a C, I think you got worse or other teams caught up to you maybe. And I'm really, I think, going to hover more in that middle range is I don't think any team had maybe the best offseason ever. I don't think any team had the worst offseason ever. But I'm going to give a letter grade to every team. Plus and minuses counts. So, again, remember a C is an average. That is a passing grade in my criteria on how I'm going to grade each team. I'm going to go over a couple of the key moves that each team made, and then I'm going to give them my grade. Let's start here with the ALE. So let's start with the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles got Rugnet Odor on a one-year deal, Jordan Lyles on a one-year deal, and Robinson Torinos on a one-year deal. Um, Probably give them... Uh, let's think here. I'm thinking maybe a D because they did not get better, but they got they got some veterans that could help the team a little bit. They're all one-year deals. They don't have to pay that much for any of these guys, but I think the big thing that hurts them is the reason I might go D over maybe a C plus is because of nothing they're doing, but star prospect Adley Rushman will not be starting the season with the major league club as he's recovering from a tricep strain, which when he comes back, he better be in the major leagues. I do not want to see him down in AAA for half a season again. The guy is ready for the majors. He was last year, so you better get him up to there. All right, next we got the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox made a couple interesting trades. They traded away Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr. And then on the free agency side of things, they got the big the big piece was Trevor Story on a six-year, $140 million deal which I have not talked about yet. I like the deal. I don't like he's playing sack, but I like the deal. You got Michael Walker, James Paxson, Rich Hill, Matt Strom, all on one-year deals. And you solidified a lefty in the bullpen with Jake Diekman on a two-year, $8 million deal, which is pretty cheap. Um, I think the Red Sox definitely got better. I don't know how much better, because I don't know if I still trust their starting rotation. I don't know what you're going to get out of Chris Sale this year, recovering from Tommy John and also having you now a stretch fracture in his ribs. I don't know what you're going to get out of Nathan Eovaldi because he seems to be hurt every other year. I would probably lean lean to the B side, maybe B, B minus. Let's go with uh, let's go with a B. I think Trevor Story is enough of an impact on that team to give him a B. I think that him playing second, he lengthens the lineup. I think he should be playing shortstop. Sander Bogarts has no range over at short, but I get it. It's the Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez thing. So I'm okay with it, but I'd I'd prefer Trevor Story to be playing shortstop, and I think that's where you get the best of visibility. I think it's a good contract for the Red Sox as of now. We'll see how he ages. We never really saw how he's hit outside of course. He's also struggled against lefties, so if he proves an ability to do well or struggled against righties, if he shows an ability to hit right-handed pitching at a decent level, at least at an 800 OPS level, as hard as he hits lefties, he'll be fine. So, Let's see what this year proves. I know he didn't want to be in Colorado. Maybe being in a winning environment like Boston helps. So overall, I'm going to give the Red Sox a B. I wasn't a big fan of the Hunter Renfro trade. I don't think you're getting much value out of Jackie Bradley Jr. I get it. They don't have an out, a defensive first outfielder, but 
the fact that you're still going to have Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers on one side of the infield really scares me defensively. I think they are fantastic hitters, 3-4 in that lineup, but defensively really do terrify me. All right, let's move on to the Yankees. I The Yankees made a lot of interesting deals. They acquired Josh Donaldson and IKF, Isaiah Conner-Falefa, from the Twins for Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela. They also got rid of Luke Voigt to the Padres. They traded, well, it looks like Nick Nelson, a lot of other not-too-notable guys. They brought back Anthony Rizzo and brought back Julie Rodriguez. I like the Julie Rodriguez. I think he's a good lefty in the bullpen. I like the bringing back of Rizzo. you got a guy that's maybe a high-on-base guy, a guy that kind of complements that order on a lot of power-first guys, and Rizzo isn't that guy. He's more of a contact, going to put the ball in play kind of guy. And I think that really helps out that lineup. It lengthens it. That's why I also like the addition of Isaiah Kiner-Falefa because he's a little scrappy, shortstop, really good defensively, could easily win the gold glove. But he brings an element to the lineup that they really didn't have. They're going to record... The Yankees are really relying on guys that have been injury-prone throughout their careers, like John Carlos Stanton, Josh Donaldson, who we're going to talk about here in a second, to and Aaron Hicks to play major roles on an everyday basis. And I like the Donaldson addition. I really do. I think his strikeout rate's not that high. His hard-hit rate's through the roof. I think he'll be poking balls out of right field at Yankee Stadium. I like the bringing back a Rizzo. And everyone's mad that they'd make a big splash, but I didn't feel for the dollar figures. You could have made a big splash. Maybe the Correa deal, maybe with the three years, 35 a year, I could have saw that, but I would have not given Corey Seager 10 years, $325 million. I've been in the proponent that he's not going to stick a shortstop. He'll have to move to third or second, and a guy at that much money is not worth the value. So overall, I would probably give the Yankees a B-. minus. It's a def- Definitely, they've improved as they really can't be as... I can't say it, but they've had a lot of guys last year that had to play key roles on the team because of how injured and how much other people struggled. And I don't think that's going to happen again. I think this team is deeper. I think moving on from Gary Sanchez is big. And G.R. Shell, you might have traded him at his highest value. I don't know how good of a player he still is. So I'd like that move for the Yankees. We brought in Ben Robert, who's absolutely yoked as a catcher. He's been injured, but we'll see what that goes from there. But I would give him a B minus, slightly below the Red Sox, because I think the Red Sox added that impact. But I think the Yankees added a bit more on the quantity side of things than the Red Sox did. So I'll go B minus for the Yankees. We got the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays got rid of Mike Bruce Brasso, however you say the guy hit the home run off Chapman. Uh, they traded Luis Head. They got rid of Brett Honeywell. Traded Jordan Luplo. They had a lot of spots to clear up on the 40-man roster. They also traded Joey Wendell, which is a bigger piece. They did bring in Corey Kluber, who I think will be great. I like Brooke, uh, Brooks Rayleigh, who they also brought in. So I think they did okay. And I think the big talk, though, is the Wanda Franco extension that happened after the season. So if, yeah, if we're counting the extension, I would probably say the Rays get, I would. I'd say C plus because they definitely needed to make that move. And the fact that they were able to do so, they didn't really add too much to the big league team, but they just solidified themselves a top five shortstop, in my opinion, this year. <clears throat> but for the next 11 years, you got yourself your franchise piece, your franchise cornerstone. I think that's essential to lock up that kind of guy. Yankees, please do with Aaron Judge. But Beyond the point, I think the Rays got a C plus. I don't think they got necessarily better, but the Rays always find pitching death. I think Corey Kluber is going to be really good with them. Brooks Raley will be really good with them. So 
with those additions and locking up your star, I know you won 100 games, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them do it again. I'm never going to doubt the Tampa Bay Rays and their ability to develop position players to play in platoon roles or develop a million pitchers and have them all for 100 from the right side. So I'm going to give the Tampa Bay Rays a C+. Moving on, the big winner of the division, the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays <clears throat> acquired Matt Chapman from the A's for a couple of prospects. They traded away Randall Gritchick. They also signed in free agency Kevin Gosman, Yusei Kukuchi, Yimi Garcia, and Andrew Vasquez. And they gave a big extension to Jose Barrios. I think the Blue Jays hit this thing out of the park. I think they really could have used maybe another bullpen piece, and that's the only thing keeping me hesitant from giving them an A+. And so I'm going to give him an A. I think they did amazing. I think Matt Chapman's defense is really going to help. I think he's going to bounce back offensively. He didn't have to give up guys like Gabriel Moreno. Yes, he gave up Kevin Smith. I was not high on Kevin Smith. I talked about that in my episode when I reacted to Keith Law's top 100. I don't like Kevin Smith, but you didn't have to give up Jordan Groshans, which is amazing to me. You didn't give up on... Uh, Moreno, your number one catching prospect in case you need him to come up and play a role at some point this year. I really like what the Blue Jays are building up there. And they could really use another left-handed bat, and they got one with Ramayo Tapia, but who I think will be good in Toronto, but he's the ground ball king, like a 67% ground ball rate, which is atrocious. So I think Blue Jays definitely get an A. If they maybe had made a bigger splash in a, a bullpen and added a nice bullpen piece, even like a guy like an Andrew Chafin comes to mind or just someone to lengthen the pen, Joe Kelly, someone like that to give an established reliever. I like Julian Merriweather. And I like Jordan Romano, but I really don't like anybody else. I hope that Nate Pearson breaks out in a big way. If so, then Blue Jays hit an A plus, but I'm going to give him an A if they, if their bullpen pieces they believe in developed, and they hit this thing out of the park. Matt Chapman defense going to help with the lack of defense from Bo Bichette. You got a lefty bat in Ramal Tapia and shedded the entire contract of Randall Gritchick. You got yourself your star to replace Robbie Ray and Ke- uh, Kevin Gosman. Yes, you lost Marcus Simeon. I think that's a huge loss, but I think the addition of Chapman still lengthens this team, and you're just going to have to expect something out of Kevin Biggio. And if not, Jordan Groshans is on his way. And Gabriel Moreno, you could trade a guy like an Alejandro Kirk or a Danny Jansen. They have value if you believe in Moreno that much. So with the assets that the Blue Jays have, I really like what they did. Gosman, maybe a little bit of regression. Kikuchi's on a pretty low-risk deal. They brought in stars. Alec Minow is going to take a step up. Blue Jays, great offseason. I'm going to give him an A. Moving on down to the AL Central, we have the Chicago White Sox. As I'm recording this, the White Sox actually just traded away Craig Kimbrell for AJ Pollock, which I like because they really didn't have a right fielder, and I think that really helps the lineup a lot. Uh, they So good deal on their end. They flipped the money. I know they weren't going to use Craig Kimbrell. So let's talk about some of the other free agent additions. They got uh, Kendall Graven on a three-year deal, Joe Kelly on a two-year deal, Larry Garcia on a three-year deal, Josh Harrison, very much a Tony La Russa type of guy, and Vince Velasquez. Josh Harrison, I like the addition. He, he gives you an, an option at second base if you don't want to see Larry Garcia every day. Vince Velasquez, I think you've got to get him out of the rotation. Move in the bullpen, see what happens. I don't like Vince Velasquez at all. I know he had that one start back in, well, seven years ago when he used to pitch for the Phillies at the time where he had like 15, 17 strikeouts, something ridiculous like that. 
but I really have never seen too much of Vince Velasquez. Um, Graveman, yes, you locked up probably the best bullpen of all time. Then you just traded away Kimbrell, and the news just came out that Garrett Crochet is out for the season. He needs Tommy John. So that's concerning. I think they have enough bullpen pieces that they can get away with it, but trading away uh, Kimbrell on the same day that you lost Garrett Crochet to Tommy John's kind of a bad timing thing, but I think you needed A.J. Pollock in that lineup. I think he's going to add a lot of depth. I think the White Sox got better. I don't think they necessarily got a lot better. I like the Pollock deal. I like Graveman. I like Kelly. I like stocking up on arms, but I'm just going to give them a C plus. They they definitely got better, but I think the division is getting better as well, especially a couple of teams that we're going to mention here at the end of this division. So with that in with that in mind, I'm going to give the White Sox a C plus because I don't think they got exponentially better to catch up with how good the teams in their, their division are getting. So move on down to the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians really did nothing. They gave Brian Charles a one-year deal and Luke Maley a one-year deal, and they traded away some not-so-noticeable guys like Harold Ramirez. Nobody really cares. For that, I'm giving you an F. I think, realistically, you were on the fringe of becoming a competitive team. You could have just added something, but you did absolutely nothing. There's a lot of guys that you could have gotten low-end deals. Like, even a guy like a Corey Dickerson, you need a lefty in the lineup. I know he went to the Cardinals for a pretty cheap deal. Give someone like that money. I know they, like, they're outfielders in the minors. I know they like Steven Kwan. Guys like that. But this team did not get better. They got, I wouldn't say they got necessarily way worse, but the fact that they did nothing and they were a competitive team last year, and you're going to get a full season of Shane Bieber, hopefully. Cal Quantrill took the next step up. Aaron Savali is a decent pitcher. Emmanuel Classe is a stud in the pen. What are you doing? Jose Ramirez might be the favorite to win the AL MVP. I don't know what the Guardians are doing, and with their whole new rebrand, is that the, really the way you want to come on to come out of this and into this new era of baseball, of Cleveland baseball, with that roster? Luke Maley's no, nothing going to help you there. He's not going to bring you anything except a good defensive backup catcher. Brian Shaw, okay, yeah, he throws a lot of innings. That's a fine signing, but do something else for me to give you a better grade. I don't think that they did anything that could give give me any impression that they're actually trying. So I can't give them any other grade but an F. I have to move over to the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers acquired Tucker Barnhart from the Reds. They also gave Javi Baez a six-year, $140 million deal. They signed Eduardo Rodriguez to a five-year, $77 million deal. Gave Andrew Chafin two years and Michael Pineda one year. I like the Pineda deal in one year. You need a pitching. I like the Chafin deal. It gives you a veteran lefty in the bullpen. I'm okay with the Baez deal. I'm not ecstatic for it because I don't know what Javi Baez you're going to get, especially in a big field like that, like Comerica. I hope his power plays because if it doesn't, then you're kind of in a bit of a pickle with that contract especially. And I love the young talent you're going to bring up. You're going to bring up Riley Green. I think you're going to bring up Torque here very soon, Spencer Torkelson. Then you have guys like Matt Manning, Casey Mize, and Tariq Schoolball, who all should take a step forward in the rotation, all very young. Candelario is a nice piece. I like the Tucker Barnhart addition. That's a good defensive catcher behind the plate. You want a couple of gold gloves. 
I'm not a fan of the Edward of the Eduardo Rodriguez signing. I've watched Erod pitch for many years now for the Red Sox. I've never seen it. I've always seen him as a guy whose advanced analytics are going to favor him over what he actually does on the field. He always has a, a very low XERA and a low FIP comparatively to what he actually puts out there. And I know a lot, a lot of that is the result of the Red Sox poor defense and Fenway Park as a whole. Yes, you're going to one of the most pitcher-friendly parks in baseball, but I'm still not a fan of Erod. I never have been. I don't see it. So I'm going to give the Detroit Tigers a B. I think they definitely improved. They added Baez. That's a big piece. I don't think it's what they necessarily wanted to do. I think they wanted Correa, but didn't want to give them the money. I'm okay giving him a B. I probably would have maybe allocated the funds on bias somewhere else. I would have been good with the Marcus Simeon deal. You're bringing a, a leader into the clubhouse. I might have liked that a little bit more than bias, but I'm not a fan of the Erod signing. And Tucker Barnhart's a nice addition. Chafin's a nice addition. So is Michael Pineda. If the team continues to improve, that great probably move up to a B plus. If you're going to bring up guys like Riley Green and Torque on opening day, I'd be willing to give you a B plus. But until that day happens, I don't see either of them making the roster right now. So I'm going to give you a straight B. All right, next we have the Kansas City Royals. And now the Kansas City Royals for me are kind of like an incomplete grade. I can't give them their full grade until I find out what the heck they're doing with their top three prospects. So let's look here. They added Mike Miner. Uh, they traded away Mike Miner and his contract got Amir, Amir Garrett. I like that. Amir Garrett's a nice left-handed reliever. And you sign Zach Granke to a one-year deal. I, I like Granke. I think he's a nice veteran to bring into this team. I want to see him retire Royal. That's a, what I always remember him as. But I can't give the Royals a better grade just because I don't know what – or a really a grade at all. And I'll, I'll make a something, but I could give a couple caveats on why it shouldn't, is not going to end up the way it is, is – they didn't get better. They're a team that really needs a lot of help in a lot of places, and they have one of the best young farm systems coming up on the hitting side. I'm not very high on their pitching prospects. Ace Lacey really struggled last year, couldn't throw a strike. Brady Singer really hasn't developed at the big league level. So I can't say that they got better. I think they might have got a little bit worse. They don't they have one of the worst starting rotations in baseball. But here's what I'll say. I'll give them... Well, I think I'll give him a C minus, but with the caveat is you got to have Wit and Melendez and Prado on the opening day roster. If you send down Prado, I'll move you to a, I'll move you to a D plus. If you send down Melendez with Prado, because I think both of them could go together, I'm going to give you a D. And if you send down Bobby Wit and the other two, I'm giving you an F. It is simple as that. Bobby Wit Jr. is the best prospect in baseball. There is no reason he should not be starting opening day. And there's no reason. And Jay Melendez, the minor league home run leader with 41 homers as a catcher, shouldn't be starting. And Nick Prado, one of the best first base prospects in baseball. And I don't want to hear that Carlos Santana is clogging up a spot there. Move Salvador Perez to DH half the time and let Melendez catch half of the time. Give Bobby Witt the starting shortstop spot. Move out Alberto Mondesi somewhere else and Nicky Lopez, I do not block this dude's progress. He's going to be a star, a super star in the big leagues. And Nick Prado could play first base for you, and I think that, that okay, 
I'll say if you do that, I might move your grade up to a C because then I think you we have the future coming for the Royals. But if you don't do that and you send all three down, if Bobby Witt starts the year in for the Omaha Storm Chasers, I'm giving you an F. So let it be known this grade could change. But as of right now, I'm giving a C minus. However, it could go as low as an F if Bobby Witt Jr. is not on the opening day roster. Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins had a very, very busy offseason. They traded away Donaldson in that entire contract and also traded away IKF after they just acquired IKF from the Rangers for Mitch Garver. You also moved, again, like we just mentioned, Mitch Garver. You added Gary Sanchez, Giorgio added Sonny Gray and Francis Proguero for Chase Petty. I think that's a good deal. But the big thing is in the Twins was not the trade, but it was the free agents. They brought in Carlos Correa on a three-year, $105.3 million deal. Dylan Bundy on a one-year deal. Joe Smith on a one-year deal. And he got a seven-year, $100 million extension to Byron Buxton. First off, let me preface, I love the extension of Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is one of the best players in baseball when healthy. And I think this is a low-cost ability to pay him and get the reward, get, feel the rewards back for you. I think it's a great deal. You incentivize him. I think he gets a couple million extra in incentives based on MVP finishes and stuff. That's great because if he's playing up to an MVP level, you were willing to pay him that kind of money. But this is a great deal for the Twins. Good deal for Buxton. Securing a bag, getting a nine-figure deal. Good on both of their ends. I love the Carlos Correa signing for the Twins. Well, I like it for Correa a lot because he's going to make a lot of annual value. I'm not the biggest fan of it for the Twins, as in there's the opt-outs, and he could just leave after one year, which I understand he probably wouldn't leave if he plays really well, but I think he would leave if he played even like 90% of what he did last year to reset the market and try to go get the big bag again. So not the biggest biggest fan i love it on correa's end you're gonna make a ton of money this year if you get hurt like he sometimes does then you get a ton of money next year and so on and so forth i like the trading away donaldson for the financial flexibility that was able to go get you a guy like correa trading away ikf i'm not the biggest fan of adding gary sanchez to that lineup you have a lot of swing and miss he's a lot of miguel sano to me and you already have too many of those Gio Rochelle is a nice little piece that team needed. So overall, I think the Twins most certainly got better. And a lot of people are going to call him one of the winners of the offseason. I'm not going to go that far. I don't know what, if, how Correa, obviously a lot of this comes on the big two guys of Cray and Buxton. If both finish top 10 in the MVP next year, which absolutely can happen, A-plus home run. But I'm going to be a little pessimistic here. I'm going to give him a B-plus. I think the starting rotation is still not good. I think Joe Ryan's good. He needs to take a step up this year as in his second year. Jordan Belazovich probably is going to pitch a little bit big innings for them. But if Randy Dobnak's throwing a lot of key innings for you, you're in a lot of trouble. I'd Bailey Ober, the advanced analytics say he might do a little better, but Griffin Jacks, I'm not a fan of at all. I think they have one of the weaker rotations in baseball. And trading away... Jose Brios said last year's deadline really symbolized that they are going full rebuild, yet now they add in a guy like Sonny Gray and they go get Gary and Gio and Correa and extend Buxton. It really doesn't make any sense to you. I feel like you got to pick a direction, but I guess they're trying to retool and now they're trying to win ball games, which I think in a division that's 
a little improved, but not by much right now, unless the Royals show that they could win with their young guys, that they were going to have a competitive shot with the White Sox, especially if the White Sox injuries continue to pile up. All right, let's move on over to the AL West. We got the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros obviously lost the big ticket in free agency as they lost Carlos Correa, but I love Jeremy Pena this year, one of my AL Rookie of the Year favorites. I like him a lot to win it with replacing Correa at that spot. They What they did is they lost Correa, obviously. They brought back in Verlander for a $25 million deal one year and then a $25 million play option. I like it. And you also got Hector Nuris, who's going to be a good bullpen arm for you, and Nico Goodrum. I think Nico Goodrum will be a very good stopgap guy at certain positions for the Astros when people need days off. I think he's a really good utility player. So I'm okay with what the Astros did. I know they weren't going to be able to pay Correa. I bring back Verlander big for the rotation, especially with the question marks of Lance McCullers Jr. on his health. Fermer Valdez, Christian Javier, a lot of guys like that. Jose Urquidy, who are very young and vulnerable pitchers. I'm going to say I'm going to give the Astros probably just a straight-up C. I say they didn't get much worse. Obviously, they lost Correa. But I think this team is really good, and they're going to replenish talent really well. And I knew, I think it was expected you were going to lose Correa. And the fact that you have a guy like Jeremy Pena who's going to take over Really helps. I think Kyle Tucker's going to take the next step up along with Jordan Alvarez. I love those guys. So I'm going to give them a straight up C. I think they're still the favorites in this division. I do like a lot of things that this these teams in this division did, but I still think they're the definite favorites. The Los Angeles Angels, the team with the mo- the team with two best pl- probably the two best players in baseball that can't seem to ever make the playoffs. So. The Angels had a very busy offseason. They brought in Tyler Wade from the Yankees for a player to be named later. They also brought in Noah Syndergaard in a one-year deal. They brought back Rysel Iglesias in a four-year deal, signed Aaron Luke to a two-year deal, Michael Lorenzen on a one-year deal, Tapera on a two-year deal, Archie Bradley on a one-year deal, Kurt Suzuki on a one-year deal, Matt Duffy on a one-year deal, and you gave an extension to Max, Max Stassi, their catcher. I like the offseason. I know they really didn't have, they're so financially tied into Trout and Rendon. You finally got the Pujols contract off the off the books. I love Jared Walsh. I know Justin Upton is a little bit of a liability. I like Brandon Marsh to take a step up this year. I really like Joe Adele to take a huge step forward. The Syndergaard signing's fine. It's one year. Let's see what you get out of him. I don't know what you're going to expect. I could see him throwing legitimately 50 innings. I could see him throwing 150 innings. I really don't know. Rysel Iglesias was one of the best closers in baseball last year, and I think you need him to solidify that pen. I like bringing in Loop, Lorenzen, Tapera to help, and Bradley to help lengthen the pen. They really need pitching. And it's obvious with them taking a pitcher in every round of last year's draft. And I like Reed Detmers to take a little bit of a step forward this year. They're one of their former top prospects on the pitching side of the ball. I like Patrick Sandoval. So you have a lot of flexibility you didn't have last year. It's not the sexy off season. You didn't go get a big piece, which I don't think they really could have done with how financially tie they're into guys. I think Rendon hopefully comes back healthy. That's going to be a big addition to the team if he can. There's a lot of ifs, ands, and buts about what the Angels are right now. I'm going to go with they're a better team than they were last year because they have the best player in baseball going to hopefully play a full season this year. But if he, if he does that, I think the Angels are in a better, way, way better spot than they were last year. 
and hopefully Otani repeats what he did last year, and maybe you can have number one and two in the MVP conversation after the year. Overall, I'm going to give the Angels a B-, minus, where I think they definitely got better by a little bit. I don't think they got extremely that much better for me to move them up another whole letter grade, but I think they improved a couple of wins for sure, especially with bringing back Mike Trout, which is your biggest free agent addition, is bringing back in the best player in baseball, unarguably. Oh boy, we're up with the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's tore it all down for no reason. Real, realistically, no reason. You add another playoff team to the picture and you tear it all down like the A's did. It makes no sense. They traded away Matt Olson for Christian Pache, Shea Langoliers, Cusick, and Estes. They traded away Matt Chapman for Kevin Smith, Gunnar Hogland, Zach Logue, and Kirby Sneed. And traded away Chris Bassett for JT, Jin, JT Ginn and acquired Brett Honeywell, who's already hurt. I give the A's, I'm going to give them an F. I, I really am. I'm going to give the A's for an F for this reason. I'll tell you. Yes, they got a decent prospect pullback on the Olsen and the Chapman trades. I think Gunnar Hogland's a nice piece. I really do like Shane Langliers behind the plate in the future. But my problem is when the each of the trades are highlighted by MLB-ready prospects that do not have high ceilings, I have an issue, especially Kevin Smith, who I do not see the offside in Kevin Smith, and I've already talked about it with the Blue Jays. That's a steal for them. He's a 25-year-old that has never made it past AAA or just made his debut at the beginning of last at the end of last year. Christian Pache, I'm out on. He can't hit. I know he's going to be one of the best defensive center fielders in the in the game, and I think that really projects well. But until he could show he could at least put up like a 95 WRC plus or a 95 OPS plus, he's not valuable in my opinion. So the fact that the trade is highlighted by Christian Pache tells me that you did not do a good job. I really don't like what the A's are doing. You have a seven uh, owner worth $7 billion, and you're trading everybody away when you were that close to the postseason, especially now with the extra postseason team. It gives you the ability to make it. You just need to make a couple moves. They're probably going to trade Manaya, probably going to trade Murphy, going to trade Montas, and that's going to just solidify the point that they had one of the worst offseasons in baseball, and I'm giving them an F. Before I continue rambling on and why the Oakland A's should not, shouldn't have sold all their guys, I'm going to move on to the next team. And the next team we got here is the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners had a very busy offseason. They gave Robbie Ray a five-year, $115 million deal, the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner. They also made a big splash with trading with the Cincinnati Reds on trading for Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez for Brandon Williamson, Justin Dunn, Jake Fraley, and a player to be named later. And they also got Adam Frazier from the the Padres for Ray Kerr. I think the Mariners definitely got better. They're showing they're trying to win now. And with the guy like Julio Rodriguez in your farm system, you are absolutely ready to go. You have a guy like him. Hopefully Jared Kellenick takes the next step up. And you got Jesse Winker in the outfield. You're going to be set for years to come. The acquisitional Winker is interesting to me. Winker is atrocious against lefties. He can't hit lefties to save his life. He's a below 600 OPS kind of guy in that way. Eugenio Suarez coming off a really rough year. I hope he bounces back. So an interesting dynamic by acquiring both of them because, yes, you're getting an absolute righty killer, but until Winker proves to hit against lefties and he plays no defense, he's not really too too valuable to a team. I get it. He is a great hitter against against righties. But I'm not the biggest fan of the addition of Winker and Suarez because you got to eat all of Suarez's contract, and you're getting a 
very much a very tumultuous guy in Suarez, who's all or nothing in everything that he does. So Suarez really plays no defense. Winker really plays no defense. They're both power first bats. Winker maybe a bit more on the contact side, but Suarez absolutely just power hit below the Mendoza line the last couple of years. So giving up on a guy like Brandon Williamson and Justin Dunn's not the best for me. Jake Fraley and a player to be named later. Oh, so be it. I think bringing in Robbie Ray, you bring in a veteran to the rotation that's going to have guys like Logan Gilbert, Emerson Hancock coming soon, along with George Kirby and Matt Brash. I think those guys coming soon is going to make one of the best rotations in baseball. So I'm going to say they definitely improve, but I'm not very high on the Winker and Eugenio Suarez trade personally. So I'm going to give them a B. I think the acquisition of Ray really put them over the edge on showing that they're going to be a very competitive team. They could possibly repeat the 90 wins that they had last year. But I think losing out on Wink, Winker, or grabbing Winker and Suarez doesn't make the team that much better than they are right now. And losing a guy like Justin Dunn and Brandon Williams, it hurts the farm system a little bit. Adam Frazier's an eh kind of guy. So I'm going to go with a B, but I could be definitely proven wrong if Eugenio Suarez bounces back to any degree. And Jesse Winker isn't a liability at the plate against lefties and or and or in the field. So I'm going to go with the B. Definitely could rise. I don't see it going too, too much lower than that. The Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers just decided to dish out money to absolutely everyone. We'll start with the acquisition of Mitch Garver for the Twins for IKF. I love the addition of Mitch Garver to that team. I think it definitely helps a lot because there's not many good players on the Rangers. And we're about to get to the only good players on the Rangers here in a second. So I like the addition of Garver. I think it lengthens the lineup. He's a good middle-of-the-order kind of bat. And you could use him a lot at DH if you want to keep a guy like Jonah Heim, who is one of the better defensive catchers framing-wise in baseball behind the plate. You can move Garver to the DH spot. All right, let's talk about the $500 million middle infield with Corey Seager getting a 10-year, $325 million deal and Marcus Simeon get a 7-year, $175 million deal. I thought the Seager deal was a little bit of an overpay. I like the Simeon deal. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I like it. I'm not a big proponent in giving out a half a billion dollars to two players to hope to make your team competitive. Josh Young getting hurt and probably going to miss the whole season with a torn labrum definitely hurts. I love Jack Leiter in the minors, but I'm not super high on their farm system. I think bringing in John Gray was a great deal at four years and $56 million. Bringing Cole Calhoun's a good bat for this year. Martin Perez, eh. Garrett Richards, eh. Brad Miller, I thought was a really good signing. I think they need a lot of spots on that team. They need a lot of hitters. There's not many very good ones. And I think the $500 million, yes, those are two probably top 25 baseball players in the sport, but I think funds could have been allocated elsewhere. Maybe I liked one of them, maybe not both. I maybe like Simeon and then you get a guy and then you get somebody else or like a Trevor story. I might like that more. Cause then you, if you, if story had signed with Simeon, you would have had 185 extra million dollars that you didn't have to pay Corey Seager that you could, that you could use elsewhere to improve this roster, which I think is a very thin roster. They're very top heavy and I don't see him going over 500 personally. So I'm going to give him, you know what? They got better. I got to give him a, B. I'm going to give him a B. I, I don't think the signings are necessarily great. Hey, you know what? Let's go B plus because I think, 
They definitely got way better than they were last year, but I don't think they're a good team by any stretch of the matter. So I think they need a lot of prospects to come up and perform, and they need to supplement the MLB team with a little bit more of major league talent. They're going to be a lot more exciting to watch than they were last year, though. I will say that. All righty, let's move on to the National League here. We have coming up first the defending World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves lost Freddie Freeman. They lost Freddie Freeman to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So what did they do? They went out and got another top three first baseman, Matt Olson, and then instantly gave him an eight-year, $168 million deal. I love the deal for the or for the Braves. The fact that the main centerpiece is Christian Pache tells me you did well. Yes, Cusick, Estes, and Langley. I think Langley is going to be really good. I really high on him. But the fact that you didn't have to give up a you didn't even have to give up Drew Waters tells me that you did really well in that trade. And the fact that then you give him an eight-year, $168 million deal on the hometown discount is amazing. You brought back Charlie Morton for a year. You brought in Kenley Jansen, Eddie Rosario, Colin McHugh, Kirby Yates, Alex Dickerson to be that lefty for you. This team is better. They are better than they were last year. They have a deeper bullpen. They have maybe the best bullpen in baseball. They have six to seven amazing arms back there. They have one of the better starting rotations in baseball with Charlie Morton and Max Freed and Ian Anderson. I really, really like what they're doing. So I like, I really love what the Braves did. And the only reason I'm not going to give them an A plus is because they lost Freddie Freeman. They lost the leader in that clubhouse, but they acquired Matt Olson on probably a better price on a baseball move wise. They gave him just as much money and got two additional years. And you bought him out at 27, not 32 for six years. You bought him at 27 for eight. Much rather do that. I'm going to give him an A. The only thing holding back from an A plus is you lost your star in the clubhouse. And I think that's very hard to replace. We saw in Alex Anthopoulos' interview afterwards when they had traded for Olsen saying it was a sad day that they lost Freddie Freeman and he was tearing up on stage. I think that's really going to affect the team. But from a pure baseball perspective, this team is better than they were last year and they won the World Series last year. So that, that proves how good of an offseason they had. I don't know what will. We got the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins acquired Jacob Stallings for the Pirates for Zach Thompson, Kyle Nicholas, Connor Scott. They also got Jerry Wendell, which I thought was a very good pickup. And in the extension game, they gave Sandy Alcantara a five-year, $56 million extension. What a steal for the Marlins. And they also brought in free agents Avisel Garcia on a four-year, $53 million deal and Jorge Soler on a three-year, $36 million deal with an opt-out after every year. I don't know what to think about what the Marlins did. I think the Marlins are definitely a better team than they were last year. Their offense was atrocious. They had one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, but and I think they still do. And then guys like uh, Max Meyer coming up really are going to make that rotation even better. And we're not even going to see Edward Cabrera, Sixto Sanchez, or Max Meyer to start the year. And that rotation's already five deep with what they have in Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers. Eliezer Hernandez. I think the rotation is spectacular as is. And so I love the extension of Alcantara, giving him the five years, 56. I think that's a great deal for the Marlins. And I think he's really going to outperform that. I love the Jacob Stallings additions. They had probably the worst catching situation in baseball last year with Sandy Leon and Jorge Alfaro. So I think getting one of the best defensive catchers in baseball 
arguably could have won the Platinum Glove last year, is a great addition to the team. Yes, he had to give up on Zach Thompson, but you have arms galore. Do not worry about that. Then Joey Wendell from the Rays, I think, is a really good pickup for them. I think he can play a multitude of positions. He can play all around the infield. He can play maybe a, a little bit of DH. He can be a nice little slap hitter as a lefty. Really hits righties well, and they just need guys that could hit. And I think Joey Wendell is a major league baseball player. He is a good hitter, and that's what they need. Now, when it comes to the free agent signing, I don't know what to think about Avisel Garcia. Four years, 53 mil seems a little bit of an overpay for him, but I like Avi. I think he'll be pretty good for the Marlins. I don't know if we'll live up to that, but he's never really had a fantastic season. He was one of his best last year and a little bit of a bandbox in Milwaukee. Jorge Soler getting a three-year deal. I like it for the upside and solely that. And if he does really well, then he opts out, then you're not pinned with all the rest of the money. But if he doesn't, then you're in a bit of trouble if he hits the 190 or whatever he hit with the Royals before he got traded to the Braves. So overall, I like what they did this offseason, but I have one big gripe with the Marlins. They don't have a center fielder. They don't have anything close to a center fielder. Avisel Garcia is not a center fielder. This might be the worst center field defense in the entire league. They want Jesus Sanchez to play center field. He's not a center fielder. Jorge Soler is a horrible defensive outfielder. Obviously, El Garcia is an average one, and Jesus Sanchez is an average one. You cannot have that be your starting outfield with one of them having to play center field. I'm not a fan of it. And also with the them sending down Brian De La Cruz, who's a good defensive center fielder. I don't know who's going to play center field for them. Roman Quinn. For them, that just that deducts them a lot for me because I think they could have had a really good offseason if they went and got a guy like, I don't know, Cattell Marte to play center field for him or even someone respectable to play center field, yet they added corner outfielders that don't really have a center field secondary. I guess Garcia does, but I don't see it. I don't like I don't like that as a team. You need somebody to play center field, and they might have the worst outfield defense of the league if it wasn't for another team in their own division. So that, for me, degrades them probably from a— if they had went and got a Cattell Marte, they would have got an A, or an A— Probably if a straight A, yeah. An A, A minus, but it, I'd probably give them a straight A. If they went and got Brian Reynolds, I'd give him an A plus. But with getting nobody to play center field for you, I'm going to have to, I'm going to go B minus. I just don't think you could run out that team with no center fielder and expect to have any success whatsoever. So for me, B minus, they're definitely a better team than they were last year. They actually have some major league hitters on the team that aren't that they don't have to start Jorge Alfaro or Sandy Leon every day. Jacob Stallings is a great defensive catcher, which is something they haven't had. So but they got better, but they were almost like a couple of teams I've mentioned before. It's a little bit of an incomplete where it's they definitely could go make a move and go get a center fielder now, and that can completely change my grade on the team. Up next, the big spenders, along with the Rangers, the New York Metropolitans. The Mets traded for Chris Bassett for JT Ginn, and then they brought in Max Scherzer on a three-year $130 million deal, and Sterling Marte on a four-year $78 million deal, Mark Cannon on a two-year $26 million deal, Eduardo Escobar on a two-year $20 million deal, and Adam Onavito on a one-year $4 million deal. Mets are all in. They're... Uh, looking to go above the $290 million threshold, which would be now be the fourth threshold above the luxury tax, and only them are even close to. So 
I think the Mets definitely are a way better, way, way better team than they were last year. And that's apparent with them moving on from some guys that they probably should have. So I think Max Scherz is an absolute great signing for them to pair up with Jacob DeCrom, who is getting an MRI as we speak about his shoulder and probably won't be ready to start the season. I'll see if I can get an update here as I keep talking. But if he's not healthy, then that worries. That definitely, definitely worries the Mets because they do. They have pitching death with Bassett now as their three, and Carrasco and Taiwan Walker and Tyler McGill. But losing Degrom will really, really hurt that team. And if they, if However, if DeGrom and Scherzer are healthy with a good Chris Bassett, arguably the best rotation in baseball, I'd probably still take the Brewers over them. But beyond the point, they definitely got better. I like the Marte signing. I love the the deal for that. Mark Canna, I love that signing. Eduardo Escobar, I'm not the biggest fan of that. I don't like Adam Adovino. I would say that the Mets definitely deserve a grade of an A. They established their needs and... They went and got him. So when DeGrom and Nebuli gets hurt, as he probably is right now, getting his MRI, Max Scherzer starts opening day, and you'll be fine. That's still a very, very good rotation. However, mm, I can't give an A-plus because it's the Mets. They'll find a way to screw it up until the Mets prove to me that they can make the playoffs and not completely underperform every single year and seem to find new ways to do so. And if Lindor bounces back, that will help as well. But until that day happens, I'm going to give him an A could go a minus but i'll stick it a they get an a plus if they actually prove that they could not met themselves out of the playoffs we'll go with that all right going into the last or no we get two more teams the next very polarizing team in the nl east we have the philadelphia phillies the phillies made a couple of trades here a little couple of small trades but the big news was that they went and got Nick Castellanos on a 5 year 100 million dollar deal and Kyle Schwarber on a 4 year 79 million dollar deal they got Corey Knebel on a 1 year 10 million dollar deal Familia on a 1 year 6 Brad Hand on a 1 year 6 Johan Camargo on a 1 1.4 and you brought back Odubel Herrera on a 1 1.75 Phillies lineups incredible it legitimately is with Harper, Realmuto, Alec Bohm, I hope, takes a step forward. Bryson Stock should be starting opening day over D.D. Gregorius, one of the best prospects in baseball. You have Reese Hoskins is an absolute dog. Can hit 40 homers. You got Castiano, Schwarber, Gene Segura. It's great in theory, and you have a really good one-two in your rotation in Wheeler and Aaron Nola. However, Aaron Nola really is favored by the advanced analytics as his FIP is a lot lower than his ERA. And a lot of that's because of poor defense behind him. Well, I hate to break it to him, but the defense is going to get worse. They were the worst defensive team in all of baseball last year, and they managed to get worse. You brought in two guys who primarily probably should be used as designated hitters to play the outfield for you. And if you have to play Castellanos or Schwarber in left field, along with, I don't know who the heck their center fielder is going to be, Odubel Herrera. If you have to play Odubel, Harper, and Castellanos, and or Schwarber in the corner outfield spots, you are in a lot of trouble. Harper is not a great defender. He's an okay one at that. He's the reigning NL MVP great player. But 
they really don't have, their defense is terrible. Romuto is a great catcher. Reese Hoskins is horrible at first, according to the analytics. Didi Gregorius, if he's your starting shortstop, is one of the worst in baseball at that position. Alec Bohm's a very poor third baseman defensively. You have Castellanos or Schwarber, wherever they have to play, they're horrible defensively, and Harper's not great. So you if they were the worst defensive team in the league last year, then they're going to be even worse this year. That's amazing. They're going to be the worst team in the league defensively, and I'm very confidently saying that right now. I will bet you that they are the worst team in the entire MLB in defensive run saved at season 10. Yeah, I think they could win 85 games because I think the lineup is so potent and they have an ace in that rotation to help them win games. Their bullpen's still not good. Kniebel's a nice add. I have familiar in hand, so be it. But your bullpen's still not good. They'll find a way to screw up those guys, and they'll have to go get someone at the deadline like they have to do every year. Love Ranger Suarez is your three in that rotation. So um, I would say if I were to give them a grade, I'm going to give them I'm going to give them a B. And they absolutely could be an A if they had signed someone that plays any defense or they, they were a team that was good at defense beforehand. But the fact that they were so bad defensively and then they got even worse, but your lineup got so much better. I just don't know how that could really take you to the very next level. And that's why I can't give him an A. I can't even give him a B plus. B might be top of the barrel for me just because I love Cassianos and I love Schwarber's hitters. But if they play zero defense, then how much value are they bringing to the team? One of them is going to have to DH. And that's taking days away from like Harper getting a chance to DH. So I would have liked one of them. I don't know if I would have liked both. I guess you just got to go get the two biggest thumpers out there. I would have really liked them to go get a guy like Chris Bryant. I really would have liked that, but seeing the dollar figure he made, I get why they didn't do so. Trevor's story, I think, could have been very interesting. Now, if they would have got like a Schwarber and a story, I would give them a way higher grade because I think that improves your team more than Castellanos and Schwarber, but I know they want to steal Castellanos away from the Marlins as well, so I guess good on them. Overall, give them a B. They're going to be one of the funnest teams in baseball to watch offensively and defensively because they're going to make me laugh a lot of the times on defense. Moving on to the Washington Nationals. Let me preface by saying the Washington Nationals have the best, one of the best players in baseball. I won't call him the best yet. He has an over-eclipsed trout, in my opinion, but he's probably number two in Juan Soto. Yet they probably maybe have one of the worst rosters in the entire league, and I could see them genuinely losing 98, 99 games. So let's see their free agent additions. They brought in Nelson Cruz on a one-year $15 million deal. I love it. I think Nelson Cruz actually provides protection for Soto, so it's someone to hit behind him other than Josh Bell, who I don't think I don't think super highly of Josh Bell, but he's a you know, decent player. Um, Alcides Escobar doesn't do anything for me either to Cesar Hernandez. I guess he's okay. C-Shack. Eric Harry, Andreanza, Sean Doolittle. I'm not a big fan of any of these guys. I think they are a very, very poor team. Nelson Cruz at least provides some protection for Soto, who if it wasn't for Cruz, legitimately could probably put up like a 600 on base because why would you ever throw to him? I wouldn't. I'd much rather face Josh Bell, who strikes out a crap ton, or anybody else in that lineup but Juan Soto. So I guess bringing in Cruz is going to help Soto Maybe keep the on base at only like 460, 470 maybe. And even if Nelson Cruz takes a big step back at 41, then you're really looking into Juan Soto possibly leading the league. On, uh, I guarantee you lead the lead on base, but he 
could set numerous records and walks that we haven't seen since Barry Bonds if they do not protect him in that lineup. I I if I were to give the National the grade, I would give him a D plus. They did something. They brought in Nelson Cruz, but they're not a good team. I, I know they couldn't really do too much. Patrick Corbin's and Steven Strasburg might be the two worst contracts in baseball. They're eating you alive like leeches. So I don't know. I'd probably give them a D plus. They got maybe they they definitely got worse because they're not a good team to begin with. And bringing in veterans on cheap money is not really going to help you. And you couldn't walk. The fact that you couldn't lock up Soto, I guess, is what keeping me from giving you at least a C. But the fact that you couldn't lock him up tells me, I um, yeah, I'm gonna give him a D plus. You can't even get a C minus for me if you couldn't bring in somebody else to help that team out. Maybe a pitcher. I know they brought in Anibal Sanchez. That ain't gonna help the team that much. So maybe if you brought in another guy or two to help the rotation or help the lineup and help Soto, or if you extended Soto, you could have got a C, but not in my opinion. I can't give him a C. Okay, let's move on over to the NL Central. The NL Central, the Chicago Cubs had a really interesting offseason. Everyone thought they were going to go get Correa, but they didn't. They went a couple different ways. They brought in Marcus Stroman, Seo Suzuki, Jonathan VR, Jan Gomes, Drew Smiley, Michael Givens, Andrelton Simmons, Chris Martin, Clint Frazier, a lot of guys, and they traded for Harold Ramirez. Um, I don't know what to think about the Cubs this offseason. I think they're definitely a better team. I'm not really high on Patrick Wisdom having another good year. You can't strike out 40% of the time and expect as good as a year as he had had. Frank Schwindel is probably going to take a big step backwards, and I think that's really going to impede your progress as a team. I love Brennan Davis. One of their best – probably it is their best prospect, one of the better in baseball. I like the addition of Stroman because the rotation is horrible. The fact that Alec Mills looks like and Stephen Brault are going to have to be making key starts for them tells me that they are one of the weakest rotations in baseball. So I like the addition of Stroman. I like the addition of Seiya Suzuki too on the five-year, eighty-five million dollar deal. I like VR. I think they're better than they were last year, but I don't think they're extremely better because I see a lot of regression from some of the guys that they had previously had. And it, the fact that you're running out that rotation tells me that you're not competitive at all because I think that rotation is pitiful. So I'm going to give him a C plus. I think they definitely got better. I love Seo Suzuki. I'm, I know he's going to be a good player and I like the Stroman deal, but beyond that, I'm not enamored or floored by really anything that they had done, especially with that rotation. That's going to be atrocious this year. And Kyle Hendricks is, I don't think has it anymore. You're paying him a lot of money. Alec Mills, not going to be a good pitcher either is uh, Steven Brault. So I I'm not expecting a great year out of the Cubs as many are expecting a better year. They probably go around the same record that they were last year, but I think say Suzuki brings in at least a little bit of a spark of hope. Moving on to another team that tore it all down the Cincinnati Reds. They traded, traded Jesse Winker and EO honey as They got back Williamson Dunn, Jake Fraley. Then they got back chase Petty in the sunny gray deal. And then they brought in free agent outfielder Tommy Pham, Donovan Solano, and Colin Moran on one-year deals in Hunter Strickland. Um, I like what the Reds I, – I know they should have competed, and that's why I can't give them a great grade. But I really like what they did on the return package, especially for – Winker and Suarez, because I'm not super, super high on Winker. I think he's a really good player, but I'm not thinking he's a superstar. And I 
getting the contract of Eugenio Suarez out the books is nice. I really like Brandon Williamson. I like Justin Dunn. He's a higher floor guy that, you know, should slot into the rotation now as your four or five. I like Jake Fraley as, an, as a defensive outfielder. Chase Petty's a nice right-handed piece in the future. Tommy Pham's an okay deal one year and one year seven five. You could trade him at the deadline if you really want to. They really they were horrible against lefties. They were the worst team in baseball at hitting lefties. So you got rid of a guy that couldn't hit lefties. You got rid of a catcher that couldn't hit lefties. You're going to allow your young catcher and Tyler Stevenson to hit. You brought in two lefty mashers in Tommy Pham and Donovan Solano, and then you brought in a nice piece in Colin Moran on a one year one million dollar deal, which I am perfectly content with. I don't think they had bad as offseason as many really make it out to be because I really like the return package they got on some of the prospect, some of the guys they had traded away on, in the prospect world. But the thing that like I would probably give them a D or a D plus. But the thing that's really gonna incline me and the reason I'm gonna give them a C minus is the re- is because they're trying to do something because Hunter Green's made the opening day roster and I love that. I want to see these young stars and top pitching prospects and top prospects in baseball make the opening day rotation. So with that said, I'm going to give them a bit of it, a bit of a boost. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give them a half a letter grade boost from a D plus to a C minus because they're trying and they bringing up Hunter green to get some experience at the big league level. And I hope they do the same here soon for Nick Lodolo. Once he throws some innings in the minors. And if so, then they will have one of the better rotation in a couple years. You're going to have Castillo, Molly, Lodolo, Green, Brennan Williamson in a couple years, Chase Petty on the way. I think they have one of the bright young starting rotations of baseball. So I'm okay with what the Reds did. Yes, they got worse. That's why I'm going to give them a C minus, but I don't think it's as bad as everyone's making it out to be. The Milwaukee Brewers. They acquired Hunter Renfro from the Red Sox for JBJ, which I thought was a good deal. They brought in Andrew McCutcheon on a one year deal, Pedro Severino on a one year deal, brought back Trevor, or brought back, brought in Trevor Gottenbrett. Brought back Brad Boxberger on a one-year deal. I don't. I think the Brewers definitely could have did a little bit more. I'm. I'm not a big, big fan on the lack of what they did. I thought they needed maybe bring in another impact back. But you are going to get a full year of a Willie Adamas, a Luis Urias. I think Hunter Renfro would be good. But their first baseman situation really scares me. Rowdy Telez at first. I'd probably rather have Colin Moran than Rowdy Telez. I'd probably rather have. I think a guy like Anthony Rizzo really could have helped this lineup up, out. And obviously everything changes if Yelish is 100% healthy and he's back to MV Yelish. If so, then this team is going to be really, really good. I they, I will say it. They have the best starting rotation in baseball. Corbin Burns is filthy. Brandon Woodruff is a top eight pitcher in baseball. And Freddie Peralta is disgusting. Has the lowest batting average in balls in play. out of, Or lowest batting average against out of every pitcher in the big leagues. And he primarily throws fastballs and sliders. This rotation is incredible. They match up right with the Mets, and I'd probably take the Brewers over them just because of the Mets' injury concerns and the fact that they are the New York Mets. The Brewers have the best rotation in baseball. They probably maybe the two of the three best relievers in baseball in Hayter and Devin Williams. They brought back Boxberger. So I don't see any reason this team can't win another 95 games, especially if Yelich comes back to full force. They have the, probably the best bullpen slash rotation combo in baseball. And I feel confident in saying that. Maybe with the Dodgers, and we'll get to them in a bit. So I think the Brewers did okay. I thought the Renfro edition was good, but I thought they could have done a little bit more to help out, especially the lineup. McCutcheon's really good against lefties, but it hasn't hit well against righties in a couple of years. 
they could have went and got somebody to, if they would have got an Anthony Rizzo on the deal he had got, they'd probably get a B plus. But for me, they're just gonna get a straight up C. I don't think they did anything fantastic. I don't think they did anything horrible. I'm just gonna give them a straight up C and call it on them as they didn't get necessarily much worse than me, but they didn't get much better. And they're with the division kind of being stagnant as well. I think they're gonna still win the division. They're gonna be a stagnant team. I'm gonna give the Brewers a I'm gonna give them a grade of a straight C. And it's a very firm C, not really close to either plus or minus. Alrighty, moving on to our next team. Actually, I'm going to save our next team for the end. I'm going to go on a big rant about the Pittsburgh Pirates at the end here. So let it be known, I'm going to put a little bit of a, a check mark on them, and I will be back. Let's move on to the Cardinals. St. Louis Cardinals had a little bit of a quiet offseason. They brought in Steven Matz on a four-year, $44 million deal for the rotation. They brought in Drew Verhagen, TJ McFarland, Nick Wickerin, Corey Dickerson, and Albert Pujols, which I love the re-edition of Pujols. I don't think this, I think this team need to do a lot, lot more. I think they need to do a lot more in the rotation. You're relying on Flaherty, who's hurt again already, but you're going to rely on a young guy like Matthew Libertor to really pitch well for you. And Steven Matz, I'm not the biggest, biggest fan of. I, I think I like him at the dollar figure you got him, but... I think a lot more could have been done. Could have been done. They have one of the best young outfields in baseball that they haven't paid a dime yet. You have Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, who I think really highly of, Amundo Sosa, and Paul DeYoung at shortstop's a good combo. Tommy Edmond maybe takes a step up at second. I think the Cardinals are going to be a very solid team and kind of Cardinal way. They always do the Cardinal way. I think they're going to do it all the way through the year and be a solid team. But for me, they really didn't improve in any facet of the game. So I'm going to give them a C- because I think they could have definitely had a lot more room to grow in this offseason. Not the not the biggest fan of some of their deals. I think they could have done a lot more. Could have made a trade. Could have got Chris Bassett. I think would have been a good one. So let's talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Arizona Diamondbacks are one of the worst teams in baseball last year. They now bring in reliever Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy, and Zach Davies. They extend Cattell Marte. I think that's a good deal for them. I, I really like the extension of Cattell Marte, and that's going to really up my grade on them. I think bringing in Mark Melanson, Ian Kennedy is going to net you a couple nice prospects at the deadline because I think that's something everybody really could use. I don't think they're a good ball club, but I don't think they're as maybe as bad as last year with the addition of two relievers that can maybe lock down the one out of every seven games that you're up in the seventh inning. And bring locking in Marte for when guys like Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll and Zach Gowan's going to be healthy this year and Nebuli come up, it's really going to help that team in the long run. So I'm actually going to give the Diamondbacks a C-plus just because of the Castell Marte extension. I did not... A, the other guy's okay. I think it will net them maybe a nice couple prospects at the deadline. All right, one of the most confusing teams in baseball, the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies traded Rymel Tapia for Randall Gritchick, which I like because I think he's going to hit 30 home runs in Colorado. But the most confusing deal of the entire offseason, the Colorado Rockies gave Chris Bryant a seven-year, $182 million deal. And then after that, they ended up extending their third baseman slash second baseman, Ryan McMahon, to a six-year, $70 million deal. Ryan McMahon's about an average big league hitter. He His stats look better than they actually are adjusted because he plays at cores. 
So I'm okay with that deal. You're get locking off for a couple years in a, a good value. He's one of the better defensive short or second baseman slash third baseman in baseball. I don't know what the, I don't know what they're doing with Chris Bryant. Why in the world would you sign Chris Bryant? You could have gave that same money to Trevor Story and John Gray, and you'd be a better team now than you are with Chris Bryant. Makes zero sense to me. I don't think they're a better team than they are last year. They lost pieces, and I don't think they're a good team in general. So why are you paying Chris Bryant seven years, $182 million? Feels like a complete overpay. I given I think he get it 45 homers in course field because he's fly ball man. But what are you doing giving Chris Bryant that type of money? Makes zero, zero sense to me, especially if he's going to play in the outfield as much as he is in that humongous outfield. I'm going to give the Rockies a D plus. I, I, I like the fact that they're spending money in their show. They are, but they did this with Aaron Otto a couple years ago and they gave him a full no trade clause and then end up trading him. Well, they just did the same thing with Bryant. They just gave him a no trade clause and they're probably going to have to end up trading him in two years because they're not financially stable. So with that being said, I can't give, even give him a C. I'll give him a D plus because maybe they tried a little bit, but this is like a participation award. You tried, I'll, I'll give you better than an F. But what are you doing? Why are you giving Chris Bryant seven years, $182 million? It makes zero sense to me. One of the most dysfunctional organizations in all of baseball. And if it wasn't for the Pittsburgh Pirates, I think they might be the most. All right, let's talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers. And again, as I'm recording, they just acquired Craig Kimbrell, which I think solidifies them as getting the only A-plus I'll be giving out to anyone on this entire list. And you might be asking, how do you get an A-plus when you lose Corey Seager and Max Scherzer? Well, you know what you do? You go get Freddie Freeman, you bring back Clayton Kershaw, you bring back Chris Taylor, and you go get yourself a Craig Kimbrell. That's how you get an A-plus. You brought in the best, probably... Other than Correa, the best free agent on the market. You brought back Kirsch on a one-year deal. Yeah, I love Chris Taylor. This lineup is comparable to the Murder's Row Yankees of the 1920s. This team is going to be incredible next year. I Whatever they're over-under on Winsard, I keep seeing them around 100. Bet, bet the over. Bet, bet the over because they are an amazing. <laughs> this lineup is amazing. The rotation led by young stars. Walker Buehler, Julio Urias, Dustin May comes back midseason. Tony Gonsolin's going to play a big role for them. You have a stacked bullpen with Bruce Dark, Gratterall, Blake Trine, and the Turbo Sinker. Your, your closer now is 372 career saves. Yes, you lost Jansen, but you know what you did? You bring in a guy with even more saves. You bring in Craig Kimbrell. Got the Pollock deal off the books. Cody Bellinger can't be any worse than he was last year. You, there, there were talks about Mookie Betts overtaking Mike Trout as the best player in baseball a couple years ago. This team is absurd. Trey Turner is the fastest man in baseball, probably going to lead the league in hits, might win the NL MVP. He's that good. Max Muncie, who's one of the best hitters in baseball and before and was in the MVP conversation last year, is going to be playing second base. Justin Turner is one of the better veteran hitters in baseball, plays third. Will Smith, probably the best catcher in baseball, is your catcher. Like this team is unbelievable. And you got one of the best farm systems in the league, top 10 consensus. This team is incredible. And I'm giving them an A-plus because they took a very good team, and they've somehow done it again, and they made themselves a great team. They did this when they got Mookie Betts, when everyone was sitting there like, man, this Dodgers team just can't get what it seems like, get what it takes to take put them over the hump after they won 100 games like four years in a row. Well, you know what they did? They went and got Mookie Betts, and then they won the World Series. And last year they won 106 games, and it wasn't for the San Francisco Giants. They would have won enough, They won have won the division, and they had to go play in the wild card game, and then Scherzer got tired, and they ended up didn't go past the NLCS. 
this team is incredible. They amaze me with everything that they do and how they're able to manipulate money and how they're able to continue to develop guys at such a high level to keep them at this peak of their power. So I'm giving the Dodgers an A plus because I absolutely love what they did. They're the only they I will preface they are the only team getting an A plus on this entire list. All right, let's move on to San Diego Padres. San Diego Padres had an oddly quiet offseason. They brought in Luke Voigt for Justin Lang, who was a first-round pick in 2020. They traded away Adam Frazier. They traded for Jorge Alfaro. Brought in Luis Garcia, Nick Martinez, and Robert Torres. They need, and with the Tatis going down, this really hurts their offseason because they could be one of the more competitive teams in the National League to go for those extra wild cards. But I think with the loss of Tatis for a couple months, really going to hurt. And Manny Machado is going to have to step up big. And Hansong Kim, Eric Cosmer is eating your money away. So is Will Myers. I don't know why you don't trade one of them. And there's talks right now, though. I'm going to preface. I'm going to say I would give the Padres a D plus. I'm not a big fan of what they did this offseason. However, if they go try to trade for Byron, or Brian Reynolds, which there are rumors of right now, then you could probably move them up to a, I'd say definitely up to a C plus because then they would have gotten better. But until a deal were to happen, which we don't know. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the D plus for the Padres just because I just don't feel they did enough. I, I really don't. I don't feel that they did enough with this off season and they needed to make a bigger move. And I love the starting rotation coming back. I love Clevenger, Snell, but if the, their talks are going to make a splash with the Pirates, if they do so, they move themselves up an entire letter grade. But until then, I'm giving them a D plus because this team got worse, especially with Tatis being hurt for the first couple of months of the year. Now we got the San Francisco Giants. I love what the Giants did this offseason. Yes, they lost Buster Posey to retirement, and they lost Chris Bryant. But they brought in Carlos Rondon on a two-year deal, brought back Di Scafani, Alex Wood. And I like the addition of Alex Cobb, bring back Brandon Belt, Jock Peterson on a one-year deal, Matthew Boyd on a one-year deal, Jacob Junis on a one-year deal, Carlos Martinez on a one-year deal if he makes the roster. You give a two-year extension to Brandon Crawford at good money. I like what the Giants did. I really do. I think the loss of Posey is really going to hurt, and you're going to be looking at a lot of guys in that lineup to continue doing what they did last year when they had a fantastic season winning 107 games. But I'm not going to doubt them. I really am not. I think Rodon could legitimately win a Cy Young Award in the NL behind Logan Webb, who I think is an absolute stud. So um, I would probably give the Giants a B plus because I really love the Rodon signing. But the loss of Posey is really going to hurt, and they are going to need their guys to keep at the level they're at. I don't think they're necessarily that close to the Dodgers. No, that's the difference. I think they're a wild card team. If anything, they'll be competing with one all year, but they are nowhere close to nowhere, nowhere close to the Dodgers. I don't think anyone's within a stratosphere of the Dodgers right now. So I'm going to give a B plus, a solid one, because I really like the Rodon signing. I like bringing back these Cavani Wood and Alex Cobb. They develop pitching at a very high level. And if they continue to have their position players to maximize their potential on what rules they put them in, so be it and good for them. All right, now I got to go back and talk about the last team I want to talk about. The Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates had a grade completely different than they do right now. Let's talk about what they did in the offseason. I'm going to talk about why I gave them the grade that they got. The Pittsburgh Pirates trade away Jacob Stallings, which I thought was a good move because he traded him away at his highest value for Zach Thompson and Kyle Nicholas, two guys I'm pretty high on. He brought in Jose Quintana, so be it, he eats innings. I like the re-addition of Yoshi Sutsugo. He was a good hitter for them last year. Good good job. 
brought back you brought in Roberto Perez on a one-year deal after trading away Stallings, another former Platinum Glove Award winner, and you got Henry Davis in the pipeline. He'll be coming up probably in 2023, or who knows what the Pirates actually. But if you start Roberto Perez, that's fine. I like that addition because maybe you could tutor the younger guys. I love bringing in Daniel Vogelbach on a $1 million deal. You need some thump in that lineup. And bringing in Heath Harembe at a one-year, $2 million deal is a pretty low-risk signing. Here's the thing, though, with the Pirates. I didn't expect the Pirates to make any big moves this offseason. They seem to never do that. But they could have brought in a couple of veterans, I think, could have helped the lineup out a bit, considering they're a very poor lineup. Like, I would have been fine them bringing in Kacha on the value and what he got with the Brewers. But I get it. If they don't want to do that, they don't want to spend too much money because they never do. But I probably would have gave him a solid C. I don't think, or C, C minus. I don't think, I would probably give him a C because I think they did well on the Jacob Stallings return. But one thing just happened two days ago that is going to move my grade more than any move that has moved my grade so far. The Pittsburgh Pirates optioned O'Neill Cruz to AAA and cited that he needs to work on his outfield defense as a shortstop. That Pirates gives you an F. It gives you an F. You are joining the Oakland A's as the only team in this entire league I will give an F. And I feel confident about it. Because, oh wait, the Guardians also gave an F. How in the world are you going to send down your future franchise shortstop to become a corner outfielder and cite that as corner outfield defense as the reason why i'm sorry kevin newman is terrible kevin newman finished in the second percentile on average exit velocity and max exit velocity he does not hit the ball what are you doing why in the world and i hope to god this is the best case scenario with the, i know what they are doing they're sending him down so they can get that extra year of control because they're cheap asses but you know what i hope I hope no Neil Cruz finished top two in the rookie of the year because if so, then he gets that full time of the full year on his contract away. And that makes it a full year so they can't manipulate his service time. Oh, I pray to God that happens because for the Pirates to do this just symbolizes that they do, do not care. They don't care. They don't care for the well-being of the city of Pittsburgh, their fan base. They don't care for the team as a whole. They are worried about a guy who maxes out on exit velocities at 120 miles an hour and only things that guys named John Carlos Stan, Aaron Judge, and Shohei Otani can do. He's a six foot seven freak of an athlete shortstop who had an amazing spring training and played really well in the small sample we saw last year. And you send him down because of outfield defense when he's a freaking shortstop. Pittsburgh, you're driving me crazy. What are you doing as an organization trying to add a year on the back end and really could stunt the development of these guys? But you know what? They're good at it. They did. They stunted the development of guys like Gregory Polanco, and we heard the hype of him for years, and he never did anything. This organization is so pitiful on accumulating talent and really maximizing it to its fullest of potentials. They always have some decent prospects and some decent players, yet they never seem to play the best in Pittsburgh. And once they move, move elsewhere, they really live up to that potential that they once had. I worry for the Pirates because if this is how they're going to treat, treat O'Neill Cruz, I can't imagine who, in my opinion, is the top 15 prospect in baseball. I can't imagine what they're going to do to Henry Davis for him number one overall pick when he's ready to go. What they're going to do with guys like Rosie Contreras, 
there's guys in this system that are really good and really going to impact the big league roster at a soon time. And I think a lot of them could do it this year, but I don't think the Pirates believe in that. What the Pirates are doing is a travesty. Doing stuff like this is exactly what players didn't want and why the CBA was signed. Well, the Pirates just said the biggest F you to the CBA and the players ever. By sending down a 24-year-old potential superstar shortstop that could hit you 45 home runs this year just because of the way that bat can play. And if you want to go play him in the outfield and he does bad at the beginning of the year, so be it. But let the dude play shortstop. You're not gaining anything. Kevin Newman is not a... Kevin Newman's a bench player on every team in this league but the Pittsburgh Pirates. And leave it that way. So, you know what? Bring up new O'Neill Cruz. I don't care if he sucks defensively. That brings more juice to this team than this team has had in years. With stuff like this, this this thing that makes me hope this team loses another 110 games and somebody loses more so they don't get the number one overall pick. Or maybe they can and then they'll underslot again. I really like what the Pirates are building in their farm system, and I think they have a lot of nice pieces. But... I am really, really frustrated with this move, and it moved me down two letter grades because there was absolutely zero reason O'Neill Cruz shouldn't be your opening day shortstop and batting fourth in that lineup. And the fact that he isn't is asinine. This is comparable to what the Cubs did to Chris Bryant back in 2015. You're a team trying to come on the upswing, but obviously you're proving we just want to keep going down. With that being said, that's the end of my grades. I just, I am just beyond frustrated with what the Pirates are doing. So before I go, I'm going to give my recap of the grades. Starting back at the AL East, we got the Orioles at a D, Red Sox at a B, Yankees B minus, Rays C plus, Blue Jays A, White Sox C plus, Guardians F, Tigers B, Royals C minus, Twins B plus, Astros C, Angels B minus, A's F, Mariners B plus, Rangers B or Mariners B, Rangers B+, plus, Braves A, Marlins B-, minus, Mets A, Phillies B, Nationals D+, plus, Cubs C+, plus, Red C-, minus, Brewers C, Pirates F, Cardinals C-, minus, Diamondbacks C+, plus, Rockies D+, plus, Dodgers A+, plus, best grade out of anyone, Padres D+, plus, and Giants B+, plus, all in... So essentially what I'm saying is the Dodgers should go pat themselves on the back and tell them they did a great job. On the contrary, the A's, Guardians, Pirates, they failed the exam, and they need to really study harder for the next one. The Guardians and A's in a bit different of a scenario because the A's just gave away all the answers, and the Guardians didn't, didn't study at all for it, and the Pirates kind of wrote down all the answers, and they erased them all. So... With that being said, that was my MLB offseason grades. The MLB network is releasing their top 100 baseball players right now. I will be reacting to that once the full list is out. So expect that probably in the next episode. And I'm hoping to get a lot of content out before opening day, including my predictions on which each how each division is going to finish and my MVP, Rookie of the Year, and all my award winners. So expect that in the next upcoming days. But other than that, thanks for listening.